What's up, Mzanzi? Welcome to episode 314. I'm your host, Octavius Pandil. Now, sound care and handling practices based on experience and research have shown to impact the well-being of cattle, animal health and herd productivity. Farmers are often encouraged to learn about low-stress handling methods of livestock and in this episode, we dive into it. Founder of Bed2 Farm, Dr. Yuan Pluter, shares some important information about several terms often used such as pressure zone, flight zone and so much more. Dr. Yuan Pluter, welcome to Farmers Inside Track. I am beyond ecstatic to be in conversation with you today about low-stress cattle handling. Let's kick it off with the term point of balance. What is important to understand and to know about it? So the point of balance is the shoulder of the animal, where you are positioned in relation to that shoulder. So just referring back to a seesaw that two people sit on, that will determine which way the animal will be moving generally. So that's your base from which you work. So you always work off the point of balance. And so the point of balance is the shoulder, and we then also, when we do work with that, we don't look at the animal's eye, because then we're moving away from the point of balance, and that will influence the way the animal is going to move. So that's the point of balance, is the shoulder. And what about the flight zone? The first thing that comes to my mind is a protective demarcated space. Share your thoughts with us. The flight zone refers generally to the section behind the animal, others on the tail side. So because of the way that the animal looks with its eyes and the way its eyes are designed and how they are positioned on the head, the animal cannot see its own tail, but it is aware that you're there. And by moving its head a little bit, it can pick you up. And so if you're in the flight zone in the tail area, that is the area where you're functioning there directly behind or moving to the one or the other side, the animal can pick you up. And and if you're closer, you put more pressure on the animal in that area and it creates a bigger urgency for flight. It is the flight where the animal wants to flee from the person, the predator, the pr- and, and that is called the flight zone. So that's the tail side of the animal. Doc, and how about the pressure zone? So the pressure zone is the opposite from the tail, so that is the head. So if you're in the front of the animal and also there's an area in front of the animal which it cannot view properly, it cannot see you properly unless it moves its head a little bit one way or the other. Because the animal can see very well on both sides, on the sides of its body, from just a little bit to the front, to the back, to the tail, from the front of the head a little bit almost there on towards the tail side. But it cannot see the tail or the head side in front of it directly. So if you're in the front area, that's called the pressure zone. And when you're working there, it is an area where you're putting pressure on the animal. So then the animal will also respond to either charge you and run over you, or it will want to move away. So that is what we call the pressure zone. So there are different ways that you use this and where you where you position yourself when you're working with animals, depending on where you want them to move, and the animals in the herd or in the flock. So the pressure zone is the front section, the animal's head. What are some of the low-stress handling techniques that you can share with farmers? Well, the first thing is we call it no object in hands. When we do the course, the training, we remove all whips and sticks and stones and electrical prodders and plastic pipes and rattle sticks and things that people use to put pressure on animals where they think they're going to get the result they're going to get. So we remove all those 
factors that actually create more stress, more adrenaline release, more sudden movements from the animal. So move away from all those objects. We don't throw stones at them and so forth. All those objects that I mentioned. The important thing with the low stress handling techniques is you have to understand, first of all, how the animal thinks and how it sees the world. And you have to understand how to implement these pressure zones and flight zones. You have to know how to work off the point of balance. And then very, very important is you do have to allow the animal sometimes to have a little bit of time, a second or two or three to react, to do something. We Mostly we want them to move suddenly. So in a normal talk, we say, quickly fetch the animals or quickly move them here or quickly do that. And the management team have to change their approach of this. They have to say, please bring us the cattle. Please move the sheep or bring the sheep. The word quick is opposite what happens in the animal's mind. The minute you say quick, you're putting pressure on that animal. And then you're not in charge of where you want the animals to move. And that causes mayhem in the handling. So we need sometimes a second or two's patience, especially when you're moving them through a gate or into a truck. Sometimes the leading animal needs like a fraction of a second or two seconds just to see, smell. This is moving from one area to other. So you have to understand this, how the animal's body language works. And if you have those things in mind in the techniques, then you learn the techniques very quickly and then the low stress handling is implemented with great ease. Does the cattle equipment matter and what kind of equipment should be used? Yeah, so if we talk equipment, I think the first one that I mentioned was, um, you know, we remove all these accessories where people put pressure on the animals. So it's equipment, the sticks and the whips and the whistling and the shouting and the stones and plastic pipes and all that and electric products. Equipment, that refers mainly to the handling facilities. So we have two types of handling facilities. We have one that is called closed-sided, where the sides of the crush or the race or the gangway or the walkway are closed. Now, some of them have good functions and others have negative functions. Generally, we find that if we use open-sided handling facilities, meaning there are no conveyor belts or things on the sides, we get quicker, better response from the animal. However, it's not saying that all facilities that are out there in the market need to now suddenly be destroyed and changed. We can do on consultation basis, we can visit farms, feedlots, as we have been doing since 2017 in South Africa already, where we've been out and we do the training. Sometimes it, and equipment is, you know, whether processing the cattle or offloading from a truck or unloading or animal when they reach abattoir, how to move them from the holding pens to the stun block area, etc., etc. So yes, any equipment and then also what kind of neck taps. And then very, very critical. Often we find that crushes or raceways are made too wide. People go and they exceed the 70 centimeter internal size. Once you go more than that, you should kind of work at 65, maximally 70, already pushing it. But the inner width of any passage for a single file animal handling. If you approach the 70, you're already creating potential where smaller animals can turn around and then you have mayhem again. Then you can have injuries and delays and it takes a long time to handle the animals. So yes, equipment is very important. And just a passing comment, often these structures are designed by either a building constructor or a mechanical engineer or construction engineer or a farmer, and they don't understand animal dynamics and they don't understand the animal space. 
and therefore often many of these structures, once they're built at a couple hundred thousand, whether it's pounds or dollars or whatever currency you're referring to, once that structure is there, it's not easy for the farmer to go and change that. And that creates problems for us as well. So often, and help the person if they consult, they pay consultancy fee, we go out, we look, we look at their plans, we make recommendations, and then we reduce those challenges and increase the flow of animals with lower stress and less injuries and waste of time and staff and handler frustrations. Dr. Yohan, do you have any final advice to farmers who are thinking about changing their methods to low stress handling techniques for their livestock? We have comments and feedback from many companies since 2016-17 where we have implemented the low stress handling. MSD has a, the same program, the program called Creating Connections, So, but it's all about the low stress handling. So the important thing is that the management must buy in. It doesn't help if I am the owner manager of the operation. I send my staff on the course, but tomorrow the first interaction I have with someone is I say, quickly fetch your cattle, hurry up, hurry up, hurry up, because then immediately it breaks down all the work that was put into training the, the members um, how to work with the cattle in with low stress. The feedback that we get, less injuries, less handling time required, less frustration from people. So we have a lot of positive feedbacks that do come from the different operators, feedlots, backgrounders. And now we need to start working on the auction yards. We need to start getting low stress handling into all auction yards in South Africa. And then also need to get low stress handling all the way down to commercial and communal farming. And then the last one is we've also very, very important, the truck drivers, the transporters, they have no idea of low stress handling. And so they can sometimes break down what you've got your team working and they can be standing at the wrong place, doing the wrong movement and sending out the wrong message to the cattle and that causes problems. So we have to have the whole industry has to come on board and every sector of that, ideally we wanted to adopt and endorse the low stress handling. Uh, that we apply and coach and train. Thanks so much, Dr. Yuan Klitter, founder of Bit2 Farm. For more on the topic, visit www.foodformzanzi.co.za. And this week, we celebrate hashtag soul sister Wendy Malope, who found her true calling in farming, tracing back to her grandmother's wisdom. From corporate communications to agriculture, her journey in the Kutiva AgriScience Women Agripreneur Programme has transformed her life, fostering hope. One of the challenges is market access because it's very difficult for us as women to gain entry into the market, especially the retail part. The land issue is also one of the big things because it's difficult to really work with banks in, in giving us access to finances, to finance our businesses. Other than that, I just keep on going and hoping that everything will work well yeah, I do it hoping that um, at some point it will pull through and it's doing well. And one of the other challenges with me, I'm not very knowledgeable about the pesticides since I'm an organic farmer. So I still need to know on that side because I don't have like a supplier of organic fertilizers. So it's one of the challenges for me at a large scale. Wendy Malope is one of the phenomenal women selected to participate in the 2023 Hashtag Soul Sister program. Catch a full interview on www.foodformzanzi.co.za and on Foodformzanzi's YouTube channel. And that's a wrap. Remember to subscribe to your podcast on your favorite platform. From me, 
Octavis Pandyo, our technical producer, Megan Pandit Payne, and the rest of the hashtag Zanzi. Thanks for listening. Life in South Africa can be a lot. I mean, scroll through Twitter for a minute and tell me I'm wrong. Thank God for South Africans though, right? We're inspiring, and even on the bad days, we fight back with a smile. That's why I love Food for Mzanzi so much. They're not ashamed to celebrate the ordinary unsung heroes who work every day to put food on our nation's tables. Go to foodformzanzi.co.za and never miss an inspiring story.